This is the day that the Lord has made. We are the sons, we are the sons of the living God, of the living God. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. We are the sons of the living God. I will rejoice and be glad in Him. We are the sons, we are the sons of the living God. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Some of y'all might not know. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. Spring up a well within my soul, a river of life flowing out of me. Y'all don't know that, huh? All right, we're going to leave that alone then. Hallelujah. All right. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you are making earth-shaking people, that you're making people of influence. Every day, Lord, you're bringing us more and more into conformity with your will that is that we represent Christ, Lord, not just in our words, but in our character, in our lives. And Lord, the way we think, the way we conduct ourselves, whether it be in business or whether it be in personal relationship one-on-one, Lord, you're looking for us to represent you, that image to show forth in our lives. We thank you that we've been born again, not by corruptible seed, by just the seed of a man of our father, but we have been born again by the word of God. And Father, that you, you, you have birthed us, Lord. You told Nicodemus that he must be born again, Lord, that he must be born from the beginning. And so, Father, we thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the Logos. We thank you for the Rhema, Lord, that, Lord, you don't want that word to just be words on a page, but you want that word to become life to us, Lord. You, you want to give us light, and Lord, that, so that we can see. Lord, not only your word, that we can not only see what your intentions are for man, but Lord, that we can see ourselves, Lord. And Father, help us to not only look into the perfect law of liberty, into that mirror, but Lord, help us to remember what we saw when we looked into your word. Help us to remember, Lord, not to deny what we saw, Lord. David said to search me and see if there be any wicked way in me. He didn't say, Lord, that there was no wicked way in him. He said, search me to see if there be any wicked way within him, Lord. And we ask you the same for us, to search us, Lord, to see if there be any crooked way, any wicked way, Lord, any iniquity in us, Lord, and straighten us out, Lord, because we know that you don't want people in your kingdom that are just in your kingdom, but you want people whose natures have been changed to your nature. 
that we have become partakers, Peter said, of the divine nature of God. Lord, you want to give us a new nature where we function different, we think different, we act different, we talk different, we live different. Lord God, when we're in our home, we're different. We're not putting on a show, but the same person that we are in public is the same person that we are in private. So, Father, help us to draw aside, Lord. Help us to come apart and to come into your chamber, Lord. You said that it was through Solomon, Lord God, to come into your, your, your chamber, Lord, and, 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 to, and to caress you and you caressing us. Let it be an intimacy between us, Lord. We don't want to know you as a statue. We don't want to know you, Lord, as a picture on the wall. But we want to have intimacy with you, Lord. We want to know you on an intimate level. Lord, you said that many will come to you in the last days and say, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do mighty miracles in your name? And you will declare unto, unto them, depart from me because I never knew you. And Lord, we know that in your word, to know, to be, to know is to be intimate. Lord, Adam knew his wife, Lord. It's not a fleshly intimacy. Lord, we have in our word perverted intimacy. That's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a sinful thing, Lord, but it's a thing that you desire between a husband and a wife, that you desire between an individual and their Lord and their God. An intimacy that, Lord, produces, Lord. That union between a husband and a wife that produces children, Lord. That intimacy between us and you that produces spiritual things in our life. Because of that intimacy, Lord, you said that your seed remains in us, Lord, that seed, Lord God, that sperm, Lord, that seed remains in us, Lord. Help us not to look at it in a perverted way, but in a righteous way. Your seed remains in us, Lord. You put your seed in us because you want us to conceive. Every time we're intimate with you, Lord, you expect for us to conceive. Lord, there ought to be new spiritual things in our life every day because of our intimacy with you, Lord God. There ought to be spiritual things that are birthed out of our lives, Lord, into the lives of others because, Lord, of our intimacy with you, because we are coming together with you, Lord. Every time we come into the church service, Lord, help us not to just come here for a church service, but help us to have an intimate encounter with you on Sundays, Lord, in Bible study. Whenever we come to church on Monday nights, Lord, with Sister Arlene, let us have an intimacy with you that produces, Lord. Father, we thank you right now. Lord, I ask that you would help me to teach this class. Lord, it's not my thoughts, but it's your thoughts. Lord, I want to hear what you have to say, what your spirit wants me to say. Lord, I yield my vessel to you, Lord, which is really your vessel because I am bought with a price. So, Father, I just pray that you use me for your glory, for your honor, Lord. Let this class, Lord, be edifying. Lord, let it be instructional. Lord, let it build up, Lord. Lord, that's what you want. You want, it, you want your word to build us up. To establish us in your kingdom. So, Father, we thank you right now. Lord, we give you glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The word of God says that. <clears throat> the word of God says in James. He said, blessed is the man. In James 1, 12, he said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The book of James also says in James 1, verse 35, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continue therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed, this man and this woman, because we know that there is no male nor female in Christ, shall be blessed in his deed or in her deed and what 
they do. So we know that God tests us and he tries us because God wants us to be able to learn something from every each and every experience in life. Amen. We have been talking to about the Noah. If you would turn with me to Genesis chapter eight. Noah heard God. He heard his voice. And it is evident that Noah heard the voice of God. What Noah did in his day was governed by what God told him to do. It wasn't governed by feelings or it wasn't governed by someone else's opinion, but it was governed by what God told him to do. And as we said on last week, Noah, what he did worked out for the salvation of his family. How many know that when we're obedient to God, that we not only are being obedient to God for ourselves, but we're being obedient to God because our obedience will work out for the salvation of many people in our neighborhood, on our job, in our business or at our home or in our, wherever we are. If we're obedient to God and work with God, see, that's the thing. Uh, sometimes men and women are just too opinionated, I, I suppose, and too self-willed, I suppose, to really work with God. But you will find out that everybody who made a difference in their generation or everybody who uh, uh, were uh, of a benefit to others around them. How many want to be a benefit to those around you? An asset and not a liability. Everybody who were a benefit to those that were around them were people who heard God, but not only heard God, but they were obedient to God. They participated with God. If the Bible said that Jesus, it said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. And that worked out for your salvation and for my salvation. Jesus, it, it didn't feel pleasant to him because he said, if at all possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So if we are going to be people that are going to be beneficial to those around us, we have to be people who are not self-willed, but people who have died to self. We have to be those that have crucified self. I have mentioned this scripture before and I'll mention it again. That Jesus said, if any man wishes to come after me, let him first deny himself, take up his cross and then come and follow me. See, some people want the benefits of God, but they don't want to do the process. They don't want to they don't want to go through the process of dying to get what God has for them. But yet if if Noah was a self-willed person, then he would have been only thinking about himself. Noah didn't build that ark for just him and his family. He built that ark for everybody. But everybody is not going to accept the message that you that you're preaching. Did you know that yeah. you're trying to help bring them out of judgment or out of a bad place or out of the wrath of God? But yet everybody is not going to listen or not going to agree or not going to to go along, even though God has told you to do what you're doing. Everybody's not going to go along with that. Did you hear what I said? Yes, 
There's some people that just gonna talk about you and say you crazy. No, out there building that ark, and we don't we haven't seen a drop of rain yet. But Noah had heard something. It wasn't based upon his present circumstances. He didn't look at what he saw, but he looked at what he didn't see. Because what, what does the Bible say in Hebrews chapter 11? It said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The word of God says that we as Christians don't look on the things that are seen, but we look on the things that are not seen. And while you're making progress in your life, others are suffering judgment. Why? Because you're listening and they are not. Well, how did you get where you are? Because I listened to God. Well, how did you get as wealthy as you are? Because I listened to God. How did you get the business you have? Because I listened to God. How is, your, how is it that your house is so much in order and the, and the house down the street is out of order? Because I listened to God. And the Bible said, don't be a forgetful hearer of the word. What is the word? Whatever God says to us. The Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are not just to be uh, concerned with our physical body being fed. Oh, I, got, I have to eat. I have to, the physical thing, not just the physical appetite of eating, but anything in this physical realm. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we get so caught up in all of this and all our business or get caught up in, in everything of this realm that we don't hear God. There's too much going on in our head that we can't even hear the Lord. God's trying to talk to us, but we're too busy or whatever else. Don't let, don't we should not allow. What did the Bible say? That the sower went out to sow and then the, the, the birds of the air came and ate up the seed. Isn't that right? But then it said that one of the uh, some of the seed fell upon stony ground, some fell upon thorns, but some fell upon good ground. And he said the thorns are the cares of this life that choke out the word. How does God speak to us? Have we heard God speaking to us? Have we been moving by the spirit of God speaking to us, talking to us? Did you know that everything that Jesus did, he did because he heard? He said, I don't do anything but what I see my father doing. I don't, the words that I speak are not my words. But the words that I speak are his. So let me ask you, how, how does God speak? I mean, there's a, there's a myriad of ways that God speaks. But I'm asking you, how, do, how have God spoken to you? Through your heart. In other words, an inward impression that this is the right thing to do. Or this is the way you should go. How else does God speak? Through others. Through others. He speaks through other people. Through his word. But let me tell you this. That now for everything there is a check and a balance. So by God speaking through others, what should we do when God is speaking through others? Or we think God is speaking through others to us. What should we do with that? Go talk to him and measure everything by this. By the word, because God won't say anything to you, to me, or to anyone else that contradicts his word, what he has already written. He said, try the spirit by the spirit. And he said, my, Jesus said this, what? My words are spirit and they're life. Isn't that right? The Bible says in, in, in Hebrews that the, that the word of God is quick and active. What does quick mean? It means it's alive. It's quick. It's active. It pierces to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. See, because you and I, if we're going to be in a position with God to be able to hear from God and move with 
God, then we have to be able to discern whether or not what we're hearing is God. Because Jesus said there's going to be a lot of false prophets in the last days coming and saying that I'm Christ. In other words, I'm of Jesus. But everybody that says I'm of Jesus is not of Jesus. And, and Jesus told one of the churches in the book of Revelations, he said that you have some there that say that they are Jews, in other words, of the house of Israel, of God's people, but yet you have tried them and found that they are not. So we ought to try everything. Don't accept something just because it sounds good. And why are we studying Noah and why are we studying different ones throughout Adam and Cain and Abel and all of that? Because they had, either they had or they didn't have, what God expects for us to have. And even though times have changed, but yet human nature hadn't changed. There's still a king. There's still an Abel. There's still a Noah. All these people still exist, but they may be a male or a female. Because how many people know that a spirit doesn't need a male body or female body? They can get it in anybody. Because it's a spirit. So we are studying these people because God is trying to tell us something through their lives. He is trying to manifest to us a a pattern. And there are people in the Bible that we can use as patterns. But yet everything in the Bible, every person in the Bible speaks of what? Salvation. God was trying to show his people that he was going to bring them back to a place of right standing with him. And this was one of those people, Noah. The Bible says that Noah found what? He found favor or he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And when you look at the word grace, uh, it is spelled the same way as Noah's name. If you look at the word grace, but it's spelled just the opposite. In the word Noah, it's spelled noon check. That's Hebrew letters, noon check. But in uh, the word grace is, is chin and it's spelled check noon. So it's just a reverse. But when Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord, what does that mean? I'm going to tell you what it means. The word Grace is chanan in the Hebrew, and it means to bend. Did you hear what I said? It means to bend. Now, this is what this is what Noah found with God. It means to bend or to stoop in kindness to an inferior or to favor or to show mercy or to show pity. It means that God stooped down to him. Huh? Isn't that something? A mighty God that is above everything above the whole earth. David said, what is man that you are mindful of him? But you best believe that God knows the character of every person in this room. Everybody. Everybody. He knows the character, not only in the negative sense, but he also knows the character in the positive sense. Because some people may feel like, well, nobody has noticed what I've been doing. Nobody has been noticing how I've been praying. Nobody has been noticing my church attendance. Nobody has been noticing how I come to Bible study and I take notes and I listen and I go back and apply what I heard. Nobody has been paying attention. But it's not about everybody else paying attention. It's not about everybody else applauding you on your back. It's not about everybody else agreeing with you or saying how good you are. As long as one person 
in the universe knows about you, that's all that matters. I'm not trying to impress nobody else. Noah was not trying to impress nobody. He didn't go mixing and, and all this kind of thing. And he wasn't a chameleon and say, look, well, yeah, what y'all doing is wrong. But I mean, you know, it's, not, it's kind of wrong. It's, maybe it's not that wrong. He didn't say that. But the Bible said that Noah was a righteous man in all of his generation. Huh? Are you one of those people that stand out in your generation? Are you one of those people that everybody else can look at and they can use you for an example, for a pattern? Your life represents what their lives should be or they're lacking in any area. They can say they can look at you. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Paul said, look at us that you have for a pattern. All of our lives should be patterns for somebody. You mean nobody can't use your life as a pattern? Huh? But yet none of us are, are babes in Christ. You a babe in Christ just got saved yesterday? No, no. And I'm not trying to put anybody down. You understand the spirit that I'm saying what I'm saying in? Do you understand that? Yes, you understand I love you? Do you understand I care? Do you understand I'm trying to do the will of God here? Yes. That's it. Yes. So I'm not trying to slight anybody. But what I am saying is that people ought to be able to look at our lives. Why did God put these people in the Bible? Because they live the kind of lives that he want us to live. If we live during that time, will we be in the Bible? Can God, would, would God be able to put us in there because we followed him, we walked with God? The Bible said that Noah walked, not contrary to God, but he walked with God. Now let me ask you this, how do you walk with God? And it's not a trick question, I'm just saying, we, you know. Okay. Be obedient, that's right. All oh, that's right. But yet, I'm looking for another answer. All right, let's say I'm walking down the street. And you come alongside by. You can see where I'm walking, right? You can see me. Right? So you can join with me and walk, right? How do you walk with God? Can you see God? Faith. Walk with God by faith. But not only that, but what? We have this physical body to walk, to move in, and all this kind of thing. What, what else do we need? Think about it. We have a physical body. Thank you. We walk with God by faith. All those things are right. All of those things are right. But yet, a lot of times, we are too controlled by what we feel. We are too controlled by the flesh and too controlled by impulses. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And too controlled by what else? Appetites. Mm -hmm. And all that kind of thing. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When is your spirit, man, going to stand up and start doing some things? Yes, Lord. Huh? Mm -hmm. Jesus told a woman at the well, what did he tell her? He said, God is a spirit. She was talking about physical places, physical worship, and all that kind of thing. All that's good in its place. But yet we need to get beyond that and start being able to see with our spirit man. Being able to hear with our spirit man. Being able to know 
with our spirit man because we walk in this natural realm but God doesn't want us to just move by what these eyes see or, or feel by what this, this flesh feels but he wants our spiritual man what did he say the hidden man of the heart the spirit man to begin to rise up and to begin to operate the way it's supposed to operate all these things that we have in the natural are just the reverse of what we have in the spirit did you know that what did Paul say? The eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. Did he say that? He talked about discernment. How do you know if milk is good or bad? How do you know if meat is good or bad? It's not a trick question. Smell it. So, so what does discernment do? Something not right. Something not right. I smell a rat. Or this is a bad situation. When you go to make a business transaction and you go to buy a house, there's something about discernment that says you might not know exactly what it is. But it's something that's just not right. It's just not, I don't, it's not no, it's not right. It's stink. Just like you smell with your with the sense of smelling, discernment is the same thing, but it's only in the spirit realm. Are you with me? It's just like people. A person come to you with smiles and all that. I'm still talking about Noah because Noah heard God. He operated not just in his flesh but in his spirit. Because he operated by faith, Hebrews said. Noah was moved by faith, by fear, by faith. So, it's just like people. They can come to you like a friend. Yeah. Oh, how you doing? Good to see you, Kenya. Yeah. You alright? Huh? What's going on in your life? Tell me. Tell me what's going on. Huh? But yet, if our discernment is, is working, then we can we can discern, you know, we might not know everything about that person. But you know something is not right. Because and then God will show you a lot of times. He will show you in your spirit. But we have to be not only just in this flesh, but because this flesh is limited. This flesh only knows what this flesh knows. But when you get outside of this flesh and you get to operate in the spirit, now you're operating in a whole new realm. Huh? What did Jesus say when Peter came against him and said, you will not go to the cross? He said, get behind me, Satan. Was that Satan? Yes, it was Satan, but he saw Peter. But he saw what was behind what Peter said. What was motivating Peter. So Noah was a man who was in touch with God, a man who walked with God because he not only walked with him in his flesh, but he also walked with him in his spirit. I'm telling you, yeah, I'm telling you, we have to get there. We have to get there because you a lot of times may not hear God with your ears, but your spirit will say, hey, that's the Lord. You know, it's just like me preaching a lot of times on Sunday. You know, I don't know what the church needs. But yet I pray and I seek God and I say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me because I want to say what you want me to say. And there it is. It just starts rolling. Just like that. And that's the same thing in every area of life. Lord, speak to me. What you want me to do? Because what? guess what? I don't know. I'm limited. I'm finite. But God is infinite. He has infinite wisdom. He has infinite resources. He has infinite everything. God never ran out of nothing. He's got everything that we need. And so what we need to do is to be connected to him and walk with him every step of the way. Don't get don't get out of step with God. Whatever you do, don't get out of step with God. Genesis. Chapter eight. It says, and God 
remembered Noah and every living thing and all the cattle that was with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters assuaged, I guess it is, uh, which means to abate or to subside. The waters stopped flowing. The fountains also of the deep and the windows of heaven were stopped. And the rain from heaven was restrained. And the waters returned from off the earth continually. And after the end of the hundred and fifty days, the waters were abated. And the Lord, uh, I'm sorry, and the ark rested in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month upon the mountain of Ararat, which is somewhere in, I believe it's Iran. The number seven means completion or fulfillment. There's a beginning to the judgment of God and there is an end to the judgment of God. And the judgment of God doesn't end until he says it does. And the waters decrease continually until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the fifth day of the month, were the tops of the mountains seen. Water had covered everything. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days. Do you, did y'all catch all those numbers in there? Yes, the 10th month and all of that kind of stuff? How many uh, commandments were there? Ten. Ten. All right. How many spies were there that went into uh, that... Uh, Joshua sent it to spy out the land. Huh? Ten. And it came to pass at the end of what? Forty days. How many uh, days were Jesus in the wilderness? So what does that tell us? That numbers have what? Meaning and significance in the word of God. Now the devil has taken that and perverted that just like he tries to pervert everything that God does because his whole thing was that he wanted to be God. He said, I shall be like the most high. I will put my throne above the stars of God and all that kind of thing. So he has perverted that. And now we have something called numerology where people are trying to get the significance of something through numbers and through astrology and all that kind of thing. But God originated all of that. Amen. That Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made, and he sent forth a raven, which went forth to and fro until the waters were dried up from off the earth. Also, he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters were abated from off the face of the ground. But the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot, and she returned unto him into the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and pulled her in unto him into the ark. And he, he stayed yet other seven days. How many days? Seven. seven days till it was complete. And again, he sent forth the dove out of the ark and the dove came in to him in the evening. And lo, in her mouth was an olive leaf plucked off so what what is an olive leaf or what does olives represent peace and also the anointing so noah knew that the waters were abated from off the earth and he stayed yet other how many days seven. not six not five not four but seven and how many days total did god create the earth and then rest 
7. So what was God doing? Somebody said it last time. What was God doing? He was beginning again. Just like he created the, the earth the first time and it was 7. This time it was 7. And he stayed yet other seven days and sent forth the dove, which returned not again unto him anymore. And it came to pass in the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And behold, the face of the ground was dry. And in the second month, on the seventh and twentieth day of the month, was the earth dry. So God showed Noah exactly what he should do. But let me say this also. Not only when we talk about the number ten, uh, is it significant about that, but how many generations was it from Adam to Noah? Ten generations from Adam to Noah. So God has a dispensation of time from which he does his work. But God is not bound by time, but God works in time because time relates to man. But yet God is outside of time. So it really doesn't affect him one way or the other. But his purposes are going to come to pass, whether they come to pass today Ten generations from now, five generations from now, Enoch was the seventh from Adam, seven generations. But God always had him a person in each and every generation. God raised up somebody that would walk with him and that would make an effect upon their generation. Verse 15, and God spake unto Noah, saying, go forth of the ark. Isn't that specific? So what, is God, what does God really want us to know? He wants us to know his voice. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep, they know my voice. It's not like, okay, now you know my voice. So I'm, if I'm in a, in a off doctor's office somewhere, if I'm in a mall, I can tell you when my wife's laughing. And she's way mixed up with a whole bunch of other people. I can tell you that's her. Why? Because I know her voice. Because I'm familiar with her. So how can we Know the voice of God by getting familiar with him. Spend time with him. Pray. Let him talk. Don't just talk to him and tell him all what we want. Huh? You see, it's, it's, it's a relationship because the Bible said that Noah found grace or favor in the eyes of God. God stooped down to Noah, but it also means grace means in the Hebrew, it means to lean. So what so what does that mean when somebody is sitting next to you, and they lean towards you? Huh? That means that they're paying attention to you. That means that they want to hear what you have to say. That means that they are uh, in, in a relationship, so to speak, with you, right? They're interested in you. God was interested in Noah because Noah had something that God was looking for. But the only reason why Noah had what God was looking for because God put it in Noah. <laughs> But grace, in the, in, when it talks about Noah, when it talks about grace, in the Hebrew, it also means to make a tent. Or it means to make a dwelling. So Noah was familiar with God because he dwelt with God, because he was in God's presence. David said that I, that I might 
dwell in your temple to behold your beauty. God doesn't want to just talk to us when we're in trouble. God doesn't want to just talk to us when we need something or he needs something. But God wants to talk to us all the time. All the time. All the time. And I mean, you think about Think about this. Just think about this. Blew my mind one time. This is a thought that God gave me. There are billions of people on the face of the earth. Isn't that right? In all, all kind of countries and everything else. But if we start talking in this room, can you tell me what that one said? Or can you tell me what she said? Or can you tell me what Percy said? Can you tell me that if everybody starts talking at the same time? God is infinite. He's omniscient. He knows everything. There could be a billion people talking to God at the same time. And God can tell you what each one of them said. He can tell you before they even say what they say. Before it even becomes a sentence. God can tell you what they're about to say. I mean, come on now. That's some good company now. Because you won't miss out on much if you're in touch with him. The Bible said in him we live, we move, and we have our being. Where do you live at? In your house, right? It's your dwelling place. It's the place that you go to rest. So why can't some of us go to God and rest? Huh? Still worrying about this and worrying about that and worrying about the other thing and listening to what this one's saying. Girl, yeah, they say if you eat that, you're going to have high blood pressure. And, you know, that's why you had a high blood pressure. The doctor said, well, you're going to die in, in five months and all this kind of stuff. I shared with y'all about my brother. The doctor said when we went up to Rochester, New York, my brother was going to die in two weeks. Two weeks because he had went out and got frostbitten. And then his body uh, was going to develop gangrene. He was heading that way. And how many know that? will just eat you up. So my family was telling me, oh, the doctors know they've been to school. And they go to school for a long time. I understand that. They know a lot of things. But somewhere I read that Jesus is the great physician. But, you know, so they kept saying, well, you know, the, the, the doctors know. My sister, she all red-eyed, crying and everything. But yet, I, you know, it hurt me. It did. To see my brother like that, his feet was as black as this piece of, of plastic right here. His toes was locked up like that. And it hurt me. But yet, I went out in the snow. Snow was that deep. I'm standing in the snow looking up at God. Snow hit me in the face. And I said, Lord, please don't let my brother die. Please don't let him die. I knew that was the one place that he could get a healing. But I heard something that they didn't hear. Not just like my family, but they just wasn't paying attention because they were too caught up in the moment. That's why a lot of times we can't hear God in our own personal lives because we're too busy with the circumstance to hear him. He's talking in the circumstance, but the circumstance making so much noise that we can't hear God. But yet I prayed to God and people back here were praying. And that was in 09. My brother is still here. The doctor said two weeks. God didn't say that. God didn't say that. So what does it matter what the circumstances look like and what, what this and that? We have to be moved like Noah. Okay, Lord, you said to build an ark, I'm going to build an ark. You said to make the ark this long, I'm going to make it that long. I'm not going to put my own thoughts in there and say, well, maybe I think it should be this long. Even though God said it should be this long, I think that it would be better if it's this long. I'm not going to put myself in there. We have to learn to take ourselves out of the situation. Isn't that right? Huh? And allow God to be God. And us to be human, to be people of God. But he's the one who is God. 
And it's, it's not only for our own benefit, but it's the, for the benefit of everybody else. Because Doc might be going through something. But because I've learned to hear the voice of God, God said, go lay hands on him. Anoint him with all. Pray for him. Pray the prayer of faith. Doesn't the Bible say that? It said that if, though, if they're being sick in the church, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint them with oil, laying hands on them, and the sick shall what? Recover. Because if we're going to have results in anything in life, we have to be able to hear God and do what we hear. Did you see what I said? Because just, just think about this when we close. Think about Ezekiel. When the, when the, when the dry bones were in the valley, they look, it looked bad. There are some situations in our lives that we will come across every day when we'll be on the mountaintop. There are some situations that will look bad. I mean, real bad. There are some situations that if you let it, it will make you want to say, God, why you let that happen? But we have to be able to hear what he's saying so that we don't interpret the situation the wrong way. But yet, when we go through those situations, God wants us to be able to see him. Because if we can see, see, Ezekiel, he looked at the bones. He looked at the bones of uh, dry bones in the valley. He's, and the Lord asked him a question, just like he asked us. Can these bones live? What did he say? Lord, you know, I, I don't know. There are some situations where we have to confess, Lord, I don't know. I just don't know. But you do. You know. And what's the next thing that happened? He heard in that situation, God didn't take him out of the situation. He left him in it, but he allowed him to hear what he was saying. He said, Ezekiel prophesied to those bones and say, flesh, come upon those bones. Breath, prophesied to the four winds of the earth and say, breath, come into, the, into, those, uh, into that body. And he said, I heard, I, I saw some new, I saw flesh start coming upon those bodies. And then the breath came into the body and it, and it stood up an exceeding and great army. And, but this, the key is this, and I'm closing with this. Not only was it true for Noah, but Ezekiel said, I prophesied as I was commanded. I didn't say anything else about the situation except what I heard him say. Huh? We didn't stop talking about the situation. Oh, this, that, and other. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know this. I don't know how this going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know how. You know, it's just on and on and on and on and on. We need to learn, all of us, me too, need to learn how to say about the situation what God says about the situation and nothing more and nothing less. Because whatever he says is going to produce results. Isn't that right? When he, said, when he spoke in the beginning, everything he said, the Bible said, and it was so. And it was so, 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 and it was so. When the, when the disciples were out on the boat, huh? And the storm and all that was, was raging and whatnot. And, and Jesus did what? What did he do about the storm? He spoke. He spoke. So I'm not going to say anything else about my situation or anybody else or whatever else except what? Thus saith the Lord. Why? Because he knows I don't. Noah was moved by the voice of God. And if we're moved that way, we will make awesome progress in our lives, I promise you. If we were moved by the voice of God, not by our own opinion or opinion of others, we will make awesome amounts of progress in our lives and we will find ourselves 
in the right place, doing the right thing, but not only for ourselves, but for everybody around us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for these examples in your word that we have. Lord, I thank you that you showed us the, the, the life of Noah, who you called to build an ark. Lord, a man that, Lord, he didn't even see the circumstances, but yet he heard you. Father, we, before we get into things, help us to hear you before that, Lord, we don't have to go through those situations, Lord, and cry to you in those situations. But, Lord, a lot of things, Lord, you're trying to get us to go around it. You're trying to get us not to even get involved with it. You're trying to get us, Lord, to, to go out and, and, and touch this one and touch that one. Lord, we, 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 Lord, help us to get ourselves out of it. Lord, help us to move in the spirit. Help us, Lord, to, to allow you to show us how to walk in the spirit because you said that those that walk in the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's how your people are supposed to operate. Not by what we see, not by what we hear, not by opinion, not by uh, what's written, not by what's on television, not by what's on the Internet or the radio, Lord. But we're supposed to move by the voice of God. Because, Lord, it's your program. It's your world. You created it. So, Father, you created your world and you made us stewards over your world. So, Lord, you have the ultimate say-so in your world. Lord, help us not to buck against what you say, Lord, because it's not to our liking. But help us to do like Jesus did and say, not my will, but thy will be done. Because, Lord, the people, the, the people that you can use are those that have died to themselves, to their own agendas, to their own plans, to their own wishes, or whatever else, Lord. Until only you are seen. Lord, the only influence that we will have upon others is that seed that, 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 that is within us, which is Christ, the word of God. Lord, help us, help us, Lord, to, to walk with you. Help us to walk with you, Lord. Father, I pray for my brothers, my sisters, for myself, Lord. I pray, Lord, I pray that you, Father, would make us sensitive to you. That you would make us sensitive to your plans, Lord. Because, Lord, only your plans ultimately work. Help us to be sensitive to what you're trying to tell us. Because ultimately, Lord, only what you said will, will, will last. Lord, help us to build our house upon a rock. Help us to build our life upon a rock. And that rock is your word, that which comes from your mouth, that which you have spoken to us. That's the only thing that's solid in this world. That's the only thing that won't decay. That's the only thing that won't pass away. You said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So, Father, help us to be those people, Lord, that, that, that carry your word with us everywhere we go, Lord. Everywhere we go, that we're constantly listening for what you're saying, Lord. We're constantly listening for your direction. We're constantly listening, Lord, for your direction for our family, for our business, for our, for our church, Lord. For whatever area of life, Lord, we're always listening because, Lord, we know that, Father, you want to be a part of our lives, Lord. Not just a Sunday service, but you want to be a part of every day of our lives. Lord, there is no such thing as secular and, 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 and religious, Lord, or, or Christian and secular. Because, Lord, you want to affect our lives when we're in church and when we're outside of church, when we're going about our business every day. You want to be in our lives. You want to build your tent with us. You want to fellowship with us. You, we, you want us to be uh, constantly in your presence, Lord, that we might be familiar with you. 
So when you speak, we're not guessing, but we know it's you. So, Father, we thank you right now. Lord, we leave from this place, but never from your presence. Lord, I pray that you would bless. Bless the sick of this church. Raise them up, Lord. Heal their bodies, Lord. Father, that you would minister to them in a nursing home, in a hospital, in their houses, Lord. The sick and shut in, Lord, everywhere, Father. Lord, that you would touch this community, touch everyone in this community, Lord, that they might not come to know a church, but that they might come to know you. Father, I just thank you for your word, Father. Lord, let your word take root in our lives. Let the the birds of the air, not the enemy of our soul, not snatch it away, but let it fall upon good ground. Father, order our steps in your word. Because we know that, Lord, your word is a light unto our feet and a lamp unto our path. It shows us the way that we should walk. It helps us to see our way, Lord, your voice. Lord, help us to hear a voice behind us saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And we thank you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We'll have to get to it next time, but some people say you're not supposed to study the Old Testament because that's the Old Testament, but it's all one covenant. Isn't that right? Amen. All right. God bless you. Oh, and let me say this uh, before we go. Uh, I'm happy to have Pastor Wolf's wife here. Uh, isn't that right? Uh, Canaan Baptist Church. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Glad you came out. God bless you.